Hello again, and welcome to the Tourism Geographies podcast. My name is Joseph Chia, and I'm one of the producers of the podcast, as well as the editor of the journal Tourism Geographies with Mary Mostafanejad. Tourism Geographies is a journal of tourism space, place, and environment, and we publish work that intersects with all of these three areas. Tourism Geographies, as well, is one of the leading journals in tourism research and and geographies research as well. In recent Scopus site score, Tourism Geographies was number one in tourism, leisure and hospitality management, and number two in geography planning and development, thanks to our band of authors, editors, and reviewers. On today's episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast, we have another of our exciting podcasts to, to present to you. And today's guest on the show is Dr. Michael Volga, who hails from Curtin University in Western Australia. Michael's paper, um, recent paper, was published in October, so it's fresh off the press. Michael's paper, Quo Vadis, Research on Spatial Atmospheres, touches on a, on a, a trending and, and, and forward-looking aspect of geographies and tourism research that has so far only sparsely attended to. This paper that Michael has published uh, is co-authored with his colleagues in Switzerland, Dieter Pfister and Peter Dirksmeyer. And with that said, Welcome, Michael, to the Tourism Geographies podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really exciting to have you because on a number of levels, this work is is quite pathfinding in some respects, and we hope sets a research agenda for tourism geographers. But more importantly, you're also one of our associate editors and editorial board members, and we thank you for your contributions to this. But also beyond that, Michael's work is published widely. For example, Michael is currently leading a special issue in the Journal of Sustainable Tourism. He um, established the first UNWTO um, uh, International Sustainable Tourism Observatory in Western Australia. And his work beyond the academia uh, with communities, uh, indigenous communities in, um, in Western Australia is also quite um, prominent. So not only do we have a researcher who's publishing high quality academic work, but someone who is also involved in the practice. So we're very pleased to have you on the show, Michael. Thank you. The pleasure is the pleasure is all mine. To introduce yourself, is there anything you would like to let the audience know? Please go ahead. Oh, it's nothing in particular. I think you you <laughs> did a, a fairly good introduction, Joseph. Uh, thank okay. you. Okay. Thanks, Michael. So um, this work that Michael has, has uh, published recently is available um, open access on tourism geographies, and this idea of atmospheres is a really intriguing one because when we think about the business of tourism or the activity and phenomenon of tourism, atmospheres present us with a, with a, a relatively interest, interesting and powerful way of thinking through um, uh, destinations um, and the way tourism is often structured. So, Michael, if I can, one of my first questions to you, can you describe for our listeners what is an atmosphere and why is it important for us to study? Yeah, atmospheres, of course, are... Uh, very much part of our everyday uh, language. So we all use it uh, with a certain naturalness, I would say. Uh, and it is pretty strange, actually, that we have uh, nevertheless uh, struggles uh, to, to clearly articulate what we uh, mean by it. Um, so we, it happens that we, for example, we, we dislike, we lament a heavy atmosphere of, of a cemetery or we might enjoy, I guess, on the other hand, the cheerful atmosphere of a, of a concert or a festival. So 
we all use that uh, concept of the atmosphere and we have a fairly good um, sense of it, but we struggle to uh, express uh, what it means uh, specifically. So I think we we understand that it's it's not it's not like things. Uh, so we it's it's more like feelings um, that we mm-hmm. try to articulate here. But it's it's really our own uh, feelings. We we rather sense this is something outside. This is something which yeah. which we get embedded in, which affects us. And and that's often uh, what the atmosphere's uh, concept is used for. So it is. Um, yeah. Uh, an emotion that somehow sits in uh, a, a particular place and affects mm-hmm. the individuals that enter this place. Mm-hmm. Because very often in, in layman's language, when we go somewhere, you know, we often might make the remark, what a great atmosphere this place has, right? It's, so it's all it's those intangible things and being able to, I guess, in a scholarly way, come to grips with what exactly those things are is what I sense that you've, uh, been trying to dig out here because you know so much of tourism, um, whether it be a heritage attraction, whether it be in a national park or a glacier somewhere, you know it's about the atmospheres related to the affective emotional feelings that we have, right? And I wanted to ask you in my next question, Michael, what gets you excited about doing research in this field? Yeah, as you said, um, it, it's um, all the atmospheres are so important to to the activity and the business that we call uh, tourism. Uh, so tourism is all about uh, enjoyment. It's all about uh, pleasure. What we call in our technical terms hedonic uh, consumption. Um, so it is it is really crucial that we understand how um, places, how things, how human beings interact on a, on an effective on a, on an emotional level and uh, atmospheres play an, an important uh, role in this regard and an important contribution of the atmosphere is that it allows us somehow to articulate these mm-hmm. effective relationships between um, the the spatial context um, particular artifacts in that spatial context um, but also but also people in a, in a sense, when we talk about tourism and atmosphere, I think it often has to do with uh, making places unique, um, mm-hmm. asking what makes places unique, what makes them authentic, um, and and potentially from a from a tourism development point of view, from an experience development point of view uh, in tourism, also asking how can we influence the the atmosphere of a place, how can we perhaps emphasize and, and stress this uh, uniqueness even more. Yeah, I think these are aspects that uh, interest me uh, in this area. I've I've been coming from a strong interest in um, product development, in experience development, in, in tourism. I, I feel uh, this is a, a sort of a fresh look um, at, at this topic. It's also a multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary look, which um, uh, fascinates me as well. I think it's it's great or, or is an opportunity to enter a conversation with um, a range of disciplines who, uh, which have contributed to uh, better understand uh, atmospheres. Uh, it's, it's very strongly rooted in philosophy mm-hmm. and their cultural geography. Uh, discussion around it and and some related concept in that in that discipline. It's uh, you can link it to design, to architecture, to sociology, um, and so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. So 
interdisciplinary uh, discourse, I think is also very uh, valuable. Yes, you, you touch on what my next question uh, kind of referred to is in terms of what is the wider current landscape of research on spatial atmospheres. But I think the important point you make is beyond the scholarly value of atmospheres and the research we do, there is certainly um, practical utility to it. You know, For example, at the moment, I'm in the Blue Mountains west of Sydney. And when we talk about atmospheres, you know, many people who come to this part of the, the, the state will We'll, we'll talk about those intangibles, right, that you referred to before, the feelings, particularly a scholar published a work recently on the, the sense of awe when you come to places like this, right, which I imagine is attached to atmospheres. So uh, my next question, Michael, um, is there any specific tourism related research into spatial atmospheres that preceded yours uh, or, you know, more importantly, you know, um, spatial, spatial atmospheres that may not have been in tourism, but elsewhere that you think um, has potential to shape the way we think about atmospheres in tourism? Um, this is, of course, a really big question. Um, there's been a lot of uh, research outside of, of tourism, but perhaps let me focus um, first on, on the tourism side of things, as you said. I think we need to admit there has been uh, relative silence um, in, in terms of uh, looking at aesthetics or atmospherics in, in tourism uh, for quite some time. Um, but as you said in your introduction, in recent years, there has clearly been an increase in interest uh, in these topics. Perhaps hospitality research has, has been uh, more uh, forthcoming um, in that area, particularly linked to the atmospherics concept in marketing, which is very similar, um, but uh, perhaps um, uh, rooted um, a, a bit in, in, a, in a different uh, sort of framework uh, than most of the phenomenological approaches that dominate um, uh, atmospheric research in, in geography and philosophy and so on. Mm -hmm. um, I think there, there are important uh, precursors um, in, in, in tourism. Uh, one is um, the authenticity debate, which is a, a very well uh, developed uh, line of thought uh, in, in tourism. Um, this the, the whole discussion around authenticity about staging of authenticity that's all um, very relevant I think uh, when we talk about uh, atmospheres in, in tourism as well. There's been a line of thought and, and publications uh, around um, the aura concept so um, yes, yes. Walter, Walter Benjamin mm -hmm. published um, uh, famous uh, work uh, on on, on the aura. Uh, so his, his main con concern was uh, with the reproduction of arts pieces. And um, he argued that when, when you have, you can do the, the most marvelous reproduction, but the most yeah. difficult thing to reproduce is, is what he called the aura. And that's pretty similar yes. to what we try to call an atmosphere here. And mm -hmm. Rick Boyd and others have, have applied that to, to tourism. And once again, uh, you can see this string strong uh, link to uh, authenticity. And I think mm -hmm. the, the third um, area, uh, broader area of, of precursing research that is uh, relevant here is um, around destination aesthetics and design. Um, there has been, uh, authors have engaged in some attempts to uh, allow us to to quantify, to measure uh, the aesthetic judgments of, of tourists. Xenia Kirillova and others have done some work on that. 
um, they they argue that while we have a long tradition of looking at the tourist gaze uh, in, in tourism uh, with John Ari and others, um, yes. actually we were slow in picking up the uh, explicit discussions on what constitutes beauty um, in the eye of um, of a tourist. So um, that's right. that's been relevant, and um, there have been attempts um, in in which I was involved in also in, in extending this thinking to the supply side and thinking of how destination management can learn from right. uh, destination design. Mm. You raised some interesting practical implications for this work because, I mean, I can, I can see while this is steeped in the social sciences, I can see already how, you know, professions like architects and designers and the like will look at this and, and say, you know, this is, this is, essentially something that they address in their work, right? How do we optimize the atmosphere aspects of the work that they do without realizing it? And it draws me to one of your um, comments in the paper where you say, ultimately, atmospheres remain a fluid, if not messy, analytical category, and exactly therein lies the analytical strength. Studying atmospheres can be a tactic to prioritize actual experiencing over becoming prisoners of our own purified categories of thought. Now, I, 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 um, I, that, that probably leads me on to the next question, Michael. For, for the researchers out there and the budding researchers, what are some of the future research needs in the area of spatial atmospheres and how can researchers leap off your paper to then apply some of the things you talk about in their own work? Mm. So what, what we try to do in the paper is to somehow um, uh, systematize um, atmosphere studies from a uh, disciplinary angle as well and that's of course only one of the angles mm. uh, but with the real aim to nurture a um, inter and multidisciplinary discussion about it because often we remained in these uh, yeah. disciplinary silos which does not help. Um, in looking forward I think it's really important to be also more empirical and also more practical. Um, mm -hmm. As you said um, a lot of the academic debates on, on atmospheres are heavily influenced by philosophical reasoning with um, are first and foremost conceptual. And that, that has led to a lot of these, uh, these deep uh, philosophical considerations, but on the other hand, a lack of empirical work. Mm -hmm. um, it is challenging to study atmospheres, to, to be fair. Uh, I mean, it is um, an effective quality which um, the argument goes, which sits, which which sits outside individual. So it's um, it's not so easy to capture with our usual uh, instruments and tools. It's also something that probably is not that easy to uh, express with speech alone. So um, some of our instruments, like interviews, uh, questionnaires, they are really uh, limited in, in yeah. capturing uh, our interface, our interaction with. Uh, atmosphere. So there, there are challenges in, involved with um, doing empirical research, but um, we think it's it's really important in um, promoting empirical research on on, in, on this topic. And very yeah. much linked to that is um, a need to also uh, be more practical, because mm. this fake uh, language uh, has advantages, but um, in in practical terms. It's also not so easy for practitioners to tap into. Uh, when yes. I mean practitioners, those who influence the 
the atmosphere, th those who have the tools to influence atmospheres include, uh, of course, designers and architects, but also marketers uh, yes. uh, or, or those who um, developers who build hotels, um, destination planners. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people who in their practical uh, jobs um, can influence uh, atmospheres yes. in a very, in a very um, uh, tangible manner. Uh, so it is it is crucial that we involve these people into the into discussion and we give mm -hmm. them instruments to apply um, these uh, and and transform and and influence uh, atmospheres. Yes, and as you say, uh, you and your co-author say in the paper, the dominance of abstract and verbal theorizing on atmospheres over concrete examples and visualizations is related to the fact that atmospheres ultimately can not be depicted, but can only be experienced in their entirety on site. You know, this kind of idea that, you know, um, it also, you know, raises questions about the enthusiasm over virtual reality tourism, right? Where these atmospheres may not be there because you're not on site. And as you say further in the paper, it is generally accepted that atmospheres can be created. Sometimes they have been curated over centuries. In architecture, design, atmospheres are constantly created and commissioned by people consciously or unconsciously. And whether we do that in tourism, consciously or, un or unconsciously, to use your words, is a really important issue. And it makes me think of things like over-tourism, Michael, you know, and atmospheres, because uh, over-tourism, if we are to understand what its impact on a destination, somehow disrupts that that amenity and that that atmosphere that was there um, before, right? And I wonder what you make of that in a practical sense. Um, how can we enable practitioners to see atmospheres as something vital in the 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 the, the work that they do? Um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, that's uh, a very important thing. I actually think that most practitioners. Uh, also from my own discussion, they have a, a fairly good understanding of uh, the fact that atmospheres are important uh, in tourism, in hospitality, and in events. Um, that's that's my um, that's my feeling. Uh, there there is um, they are also they also applying uh, essentially um, strategies to uh, use uh, and curate uh, atmospheres to, yeah. to 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 generate um, memorable experiences. So think of initiatives such as um, uh, the, the Shanghai restaurant Ultraviolet, um, mm. for example, which um, is is essentially a, a bare room uh, with a table, but they use uh, visuals, they use scent, they use sound to um, turn this bare room into an immersive food and, and dining experience. Uh, so they, they very specifically uh, let the food on the menu lead uh, the guests into completely different um, areas, virtual areas, as you said before, mm -hmm. uh, virtual mm -hmm. areas. But um, the, the the guests are there; um, they can sense um, these uh, scents. They see if they eat uh, an English steak, it feels like they sit uh, somewhere in the Nottingham Forest um, because humidity um, is put into the room because. Um, um, you see, you see um, visuals of this forest, and so on and so forth. So I think practitioners do apply it, but from a, a research point of view, it would be fantastic to develop things like uh, a language which allows us to describe atmospheres 
as precisely as possible. Um, mm. This would allow, I think, a planner um, to uh, define what sort of experience they want to create, what sort of, uh, let me call it, a, what sort of cultural quality actually um, these um, the, 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 the building or the, the place they the curate should have. This is really essential also in order to, to monitor where actual actually what the plans are, are implemented in, in reality, whether they are working uh, and so on. So I think we need to find a way to, uh, to describe atmospheres through a sort of a, an atmospheric code. And attempts have been made and they, they, there are examples. Uh, and uh, I think it's, it's an area where we can build on and where we possibly uh, can make progress to make the whole thinking even more uh, accessible to practitioners. Mm -hmm. And you make the point, Michael, in your paper about the fragility of atmospheres, right? How, you know, um, some authors talk about convivial affective atmospheres and how quickly these can um, be transformed or perhaps I should say um, adversely impacted um, through overcrowding, through noise, through other things like uh, like that. And it it, uh, it makes me even think of, of how uh, some of the aircraft companies are thinking about atmospheres in the way um, cabins are created. Cruise ships are doing that as well, right? You know, trying to create the vibe of a, of a, of a, of a precinct or suburb on the land when really they're on the ship. And, you know, one of the things that uh, occurs to me from this discussion, Michael, is that how we encourage practitioners to look at design thinking through the lens of atmosphere creation is an interesting thing. But you say in the paper, if I recall correctly, that atmospheres can be created, right? That's correct. That's mm. absolutely correct, yes. Mm. Yes, that's um, the, since um, Gernot Böhme, who's probably um, the, the most recent, most influential uh, philosopher on uh, on atmospheres. Since mm -hmm. him, it, it has been very well accepted that one major area of the atmosphere thinking is is about how we create atmosphere. He speaks yep. uh, about production aesthetics, and um, he uses the example of theater, uh, such as the theater produces. They carefully arrange uh, the situation. Yep. The, the same applies in to tourism situations as well. Also there, every single aspect, uh, ideally, um, mm -hmm. in, a, in an ideal world, can be uh, curated in order to generate a particular atmosphere. But as you say, uh, there are disturbances. Um, mm -hmm. There are things that easily can disrupt uh, an atmosphere. And of course, it's not everything is, is under our control. Uh, as a as a destination manager, or even less so if if we manage a business in tourism, uh, yeah. so it's a very very complex uh, situation where residents, where different stakeholders have all uh, an influence, and uh, as is common with um, destination management and destination planning, um, one of the key tasks is to uh, carefully arrange this comprehensive whole and, and play on this piano, push the buttons very uh, carefully in order to um, set the scene uh, for a se successful and, and sustainable tourism experience as one. Yes. yes, and I think, you know, the, 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 the concept of atmospheres 
goes beyond tourism into hospitality, events, leisure, or leisure, as Americans would say. But I was more, I was really interested in in how you brought this together, and you make um, six points about future trajectories that um, systematizing atmosphere studies is vital, and this is a key point for researchers. Second one, promoting empirical research on atmospheres beyond the the rhetoric and the and the and the qualitative assessments of atmospheres. You also talk about clarifying the relationship between agency, social phenomena, and spatiality, and this is a really really critical topic that I would encourage Earthers to look look into more fully. Um, the fourth one you talk about is exploring senses of virtual atmospheres. It's very much a sensual or sensory um, partaking you you're speaking of here. And the, the last two, promoting practical approaches to create desired atmospheres. And this is important for research like this, right, to have those theoretical as well as practical implications. And the last one, promoting atmospheric sensing to strengthen societal reflexivity, reflectivity towards sustainability. It reminds me of colleagues who are in Antarctica at the moment doing this kind of research, right? But so with those six guidelines uh, for future tra trajectories for atmospheric research, where do you see yourself taking this research, Michael? Currently, together with a PhD student, uh, we have been looking at um, atmospheres at mine sites in a in a very empirical sense. So you can see we're picking up this um, area and, and trying to to uh, investigate the topic more from an emp empirical angle. Um, mm -hmm. So we we are looking at industrial tourism, so to speak, in in Western Australia, more specifically mm -hmm. the large gold mine in Kalgoorlie uh, and trying to understand how tourists perceive or would perceive uh, any sort of atmospheric intervention into this atmos into these working mine sites in order to make the tourism experience more um, attractive for them. Uh, mm -hmm. this, this is something we, we try to find out. We also look at uh, different cultural backgrounds. Um, uh, on the one hand, uh, an Australian or Western cultural background. On the other hand, uh, a more Asian um, slash Chinese uh, cultural background, because mm -hmm. we know that um, the different cultures have very different um, approaches to what sort of atmospheres they uh, enjoy and 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 whether they enjoy in intervention into. Um, atmospheres, uh, a more curated atmosphere, and uh, we think that um, the, the industrial tourism case is is a pretty fascinating one, because it is not it's not necessarily the the most beautiful side, of course. Um, so we have a a non beautiful side, and the question is whether tourists want such a non beautiful side to experience mm -hmm. in its raw form, or whether mm -hmm. they, they want to have a, it more a more staged experience uh, of it. So, so that's that's something we we have been doing. And another project together with um, my co-author um, Peter Dirksmeier here from from Germany, where we are looking at the interface between atmospheres and uh, social uh, situations, uh, more specifically the, the link between an atmosphere and uh, social cohesion um, or, or um, the the, the feeling that you that um, a, a, a group belongs together and the strength of the attachment to the group. So is it that particular groups uh, have a have a specific atmosphere linked to them? Yes. Or is it that um, 
particular atmospheres uh, enable uh, groups to come together and also mm -hmm. what happens with um, disturbances to this. So is yes. tourism sometimes a disturbance when it comes to um, the cohesion uh, of a particular neighborhood um, in, in a particular city, for example. So these yeah. are these are things um, we are looking at. And um, I also believe Antarctic tourism or, or cruise ship tourism in particular, um, when people, when tourists are enclosed in a in a large cruise ship for a prolonged period of time, uh, this is this is a, a very interesting case for studying uh, things like that um, to yeah. see what happens on the ship and uh, is there a particular atmosphere created and what does that do with the with the visitors? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think they're all uh, very intriguing um, directions this research research can take. It also reminds me uh, for those listening. Michael and I did some field work in Japan last year, and Japan is often regarded as one of the most desired countries to visit and for those who visited to go back to. Um, you know, and it often strikes strikes me, why is Japan uh, able to develop that sense of that sense of destination loyalty? And perhaps it suggests fertile ground for the the investigation of atmospheres in a destination like Japan and what, you know, how to in some ways, uh, empirically investigate what makes it um, the destination it is. So, with that said, Michael, um, as we as we uh, get to the end of the podcast, do you have any final remarks on atmospheres in general um, for researchers and for practitioners? I think uh, an important uh, message from 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 the whole theorizing and and researching around atmospheres is that the a place um, is is more than a, a sum of its parts, and mm -hmm. and that's also the the message that sits with with uh, sits very well with the atmosphere thinking. So we cannot mm -hmm. reduce um, the feelings um, and perhaps even the meanings in a particular place, in a particular tourist destination, just to the individuals, to, to a few fleeting individuals passing through. Um, there is more than that there. Uh, so we, we, when we visit uh, places, we feel um, the, the things that are in these places, the people that are always in these places, the residents, yeah. they, are, they, they are so essential uh, to them. They, they make the place. They, make yes. the tourism destination. So mm -hmm. I believe what the atmosphere debate uh, should help us is to strengthen this uh, sense uh, and this uh, reflexivity mm -hmm. about um, this important aspect. Uh, we cannot reduce all uh, tourism elements to the functionality. Uh, there yeah. is more than that. There is, uh, there is much more than that. Uh, it is important that we learn to perceive uh, the holistic picture and it is important mm -hmm. to, that we learn to sense the holistic picture and, and hopefully through these um, atmosphere discussions we can teach people a little bit to strengthen their atmospheric sensitivity and sensibility and um, yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would hope this can help us to achieve uh, a trajectory in development which we call um, sustainable. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, Michael. And you, you use the word sense, and it, um, as a geographer, it makes me think about sense of place and its connection to atmospheres. Um, but that's probably for the next 
study and paper that you're working on, Michael. As we close, I'd like to remind um, listeners that you can find the article Quo Vadis, Research on Spatial Atmospheres? Question mark, by Michael Volger, Dieter Pfister and Peter Dirksmeyer in Tourism Geographies. It hasn't been allocated to an issue yet because it's still relatively new. But please go and download the paper. It's available free, open access. With that said, thank you, Michael, for joining us on today's episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. Thank you, Joseph. Um, it was a great pleasure uh, to be part of this uh, amazing initiative. Thank you. And thank you to listeners as well. Um, please join us again next week when we present to you more of the research published in Tourism Geographies, where we put a voice to the, to the text on the page and we help students, researchers and their teachers understand more um, straight from the, the horse's mouth, so to speak. And we thank all of our authors for joining us um, to record these podcasts. So with that said, I'll say goodbye to you, Michael, from here in Sydney. Goodbye, Joseph, from here in Perth. Yes. And thank you, listeners. See you next week for the next episode of Tourism Geographies podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Tourism Geographies podcast. We look forward to bringing you more next week. Please join us then.